Hey, here it is. Oh, you've grown. Can I see my room, Grandma? Well, Father, it's gone. Look at this. Maybe a trick. Maybe it's laying low for now. This is Ooh. ugly. Yeah, that's why it's perfect. Oh, damn. Oh. There was a, a standing lamp in this room. What happened to it? Sold or junk. Would anyone have a record? And Helen must have money to burn sending something this big all the way from Long Island. <laughs> a dozen years ago, evil was simply a concept in my mind. That house in Amityville has changed that concept to reality forever. For 300 years, no one has lived on that ground without tragic consequences. Now I believe that the evil in that house could transmigrate into that lamp. I saw Daddy last night. It was a dream. Or another house. Or another person at the earliest opportunity. Honey, you startled me. You know, you shouldn't mess with the disposal unless you've secured the switch. Yeah, you definitely got something jammed down here. person in its environment. We have to get everyone out of that house now. Stay away chopped my mate's finger off. This is what our killer looks like. Tired. Everyone has been affected in one way or another by this terrible tomato onslaught. There was a, a standing lamp in this room. What happened to it? Attack of the Killer Objects! Hi, and welcome to yet another riveting adventure on Attack of the Killer Objects. Whee! I had more enthusiasm before we had about an hour almost uh, of tech issues. Oh my god, I don't... We don't even know what happened... <laughs> we have no idea what happened, but we're going to get into it. Um, today's episode is Amityville 4, The Evil Escapes. I would not expect an Amityville movie to be on this podcast. <laughs> See, here's the funny thing about that. About half of the Amityville franchise 
are killer object movies. Which is so funny. Yeah. (laughs) And I'll probably get into that a little bit later. But yeah, this starting with the fourth one. Basically, everything after this is just a killer object movie that has how many, very. Am- how many are there? Um, I think there's at least six. There might be seven. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a lot. Yeah. It, it's kind of absurd. But yeah. <laughs> so we can get into it. A little intro to Amityville franchise if you don't know much about it. The original Amityville Horror came out in 1979, and it was based on a book about the family that moved in the Lutz family. Yeah, the Lutz family that moved into a house where a heinous series of murders, the DeFeo murders, took place, and the subsequent haunting that they experienced there. Now, the family later admitted that this haunting was a hoax. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, from there, Amityville 2, The Possession, which came out in 82, is a prequel that is actually based on the DeFeo murders. But it has a decidedly uh, supernatural twist to it. It basically blames demonic possession on Ronald DeFeo. Well, I mean, it's a different character. But basically, I mean, it's a character representing him. But basically, it blames all the murders on demonic possession, which is obviously not what actually happened. But that's how they explain it away for a horror franchise. And then we have Amityville 3D that came out in 83. (laughs) 3D. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It takes place after the events of the first film. And is about a skeptic reporter who moves into the Amityville house, convinced it's all a hoax, only to get more than what he bargained for. That sounds like that sounds like how the character I would be if I was in a horror movie. (laughs) (laughs) I would either be the killer or the first one to die. I say well, that because I would be the stupid person that probably walk towards whatever's happening. Well, in this kind of movie, you're the one who who fucking bangs out the Ouija board. Oh, a thousand percent. Mm-hmm. And you're the one who brings all the evil in to everyone. But <laughs> so hold that- up, I got my backpack filled with my shit, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you brought you brought preparations beyond the Ouija board. I always do. That's fair. At least if you're gonna if you're gonna play with fire, at least uh, bring water, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so that brings us up to speed. Now we are into Amityville Four. Oh so, boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's rainy. There are like six priests led by Father Manfred, and they are going back inside the infamous Amityville Horror House. Never mind the fact that at the end of Amityville 3D, the house gets spectacularly blown up. (laughs) And just miraculously rebuilt. Yeah, you know, they don't explain the time frame here, if it happened before that or after that, whatever, doesn't matter. The house is intact. Just, you know, whatever. Forget (laughs) about it. Anyway, one of the priests, uh, Father Dennis Kibler, he goes up to the upstairs, one of the upstairs bedrooms and he like begins to bless the room. By the way, they're actually doing real words from like the Latin exorcism rites while they're doing this. 
Really? Yeah, so that's fun. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So he sees this, like, glowing brass floor lamp, which is absolutely hideous. And... I want one so bad. <laughs> and he begins to chant, and this, like, little ball of energy rolls up the cord. <laughs> I laughed. I was like, what the fuck? Right? Like, you couldn't spring for some bad CGI sparks. It was 1989, (laughs) so that's fair. But, I mean, yeah. So, anyway, and it just, like, goes into the lamp. And then you literally see this demonic uh, face superimposed over the bulb. (laughs) Some Wizard of Oz shit. Yeah. (laughs) And then it knocks Keebler unconscious. So, a few days later, the real estate agent who is selling this house uh, decides to have a yard sale by selling the previous owner's items left in the home. And uh, Father Manfred believes that the evil spirits have finally been purged from the house, so this all seems fine to him. But at the yard sale, a woman named Helen Royce and her friend Rona are looking through the items, and Helen finds a lamp. And at only $100... Helen decides to buy the lamp as a birthday present for her sister, explaining that she and her sister send each other, like, ugly gag gifts as a long-running joke for their birthdays each year. Is it me? (laughs) That's something I would do. That's true. (laughs) But hear me out here. So this film came out in 1989. $100 then in USD adjusted for inflation today is roughly... 240 US dollars or about 327 CAD since we have you with us, Lev. That's an expensive fucking gag gift for my yard sale? Plus shipping? Yeah, no. What the fuck? And she's sending that. No thanks. And she's sending that all the way from New York to California. Yeah, no, you can keep it. Thanks. Yeah, that is, like, the most expensive gag gift fucking ever. It's not that good-looking. It's I think it's ugly. <laughs> anyway, while checking the lamp out, she just, you know, cuts her finger on this kind of, like, rusty little brass piece and, I mean, you know, doesn't even think twice about it. I should note that this lamp looks weirdly human. It's a floor-length lamp. It has two, like, almost arms that have two more little bulbs on either side and it has this headlight globe at the top for a main bulb the little ones on the 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 appendage like branches because it looks like it's made of wood even though it's not yeah they look like little bulbs like it's supposed to be little flower bulbs or something yeah they do and they look they're almost like christmas light shaped like the big ones yeah (laughs) Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're right. Like the whole, it looks like a gnarled old tree, like the base and everything. So yeah, so she cut her finger and just doesn't even peroxide it or put neosporin on it. Or it's fine. I'm fine. It's Everything's fine. fine. Everything's fine. So she buys the lamp, and her finger gets infected, shockingly, and uh, all like discolored. And then she's hospitalized. 
Helen, why did you do nothing to your finger? <laughs> right? At least go get a tetanus shot. For the lot, yes. I mean, look, at the least put some alcohol, rubbing alcohol or something on it. Or, you know? Work yeah, some like her, water her friend, over it. Her friend even told her to, like, go get a tetanus shot. <laughs> And Helen just does not a damn thing. Anyway, it's about a week later, and the lamp arrives at Helen's sister's. And Helen's sister's name is Alice Leacock. And she lives in this large three-story home on the beach in a small town called Dancott, California. It's a beautiful house. It is a beautiful house. And, like, I shudder to think what it would cost to live, like, oceanfront like that. Now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then, probably not as... It was probably still expensive, but I'm not, I'm sure like, it was still expensive. But, like, they they probably... Back then, your parents gave you houses and shit. Like, oh, pass it down, right? So who sure. knows how they got that house? Well, the grandma, like... Or the mom says later on in the film that she grew up in that house. So the grandma has had that house for, I want to say, like, 30-something years. Yeah, I think she... Yeah, I think she said she had had it for a really long time. Yeah, I think she said 30 or 40 years in this house, and I've never experienced anything like the last three days. I think that's a direct quote. (laughs) Yeah. All right, but anyway, so her daughter, Nancy, and then Nancy's three children, Amanda, Brian, and young, quiet, mysterious Jessica. Oh, uh, Yes, move in with Grandma because their fathers died, and I guess Nancy is kind of struggling to make ends meet and take care of her kids. Because apparently, he I guess he didn't have life insurance and kind of left them with nothing. Yeah, that's kind of what it seems like. That's what it seems like, and the grandmother doesn't seem to have a good opinion of Pops. So, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, the mom's all like, we had 18 great years together. I loved him. So, you know, maybe the mom's just a bitch. I'm not real sure. <laughs> she kind of seemed like it at certain points in the movie. Yeah, she acts bitchy at times, and then they, like, make up. I don't know. Like, I know she's a mom, and, you know, you got to put your foot down and stuff. But there were times where she just seems a little more bitchy than mom discipline yeah but you know it's hard as an adult to live with your parents again true because like i remember just like staying with my parents once during like a rough patch for like a week or two and it was not smooth (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah trust me i know yeah alice Seems to actually kind of like the lamp, but Nancy thinks it's hideous. And almost as soon as the lamp arrives, shit gets weird. The parrot starts freaking out, and the light gets really bright, and the cat's like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm out of here. And um, I just want to say that there's this little scene where Amanda's, like, loving on the cat upstairs. And the cat actor is clearly pissed off. His ears are all the way back, almost flat. (laughs) Like, you know, as soon as they cut, that cat was fucking gone. Or, like... Oh, yeah. He was pissed. He did not like that actress. I get why he bit her. Yeah, in the next scene, he scratches her. (laughs) Oh, Um, scratch, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The cat's name is Pepper, by the way. He's a cutie. He's like a ship tabby. Your your regular standard tabby. So freaking cute. The goodest of boys. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's not a little more. chonky boy, too. He he is. He's got some chunk to him, which is just how we like our cats, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. 
not that that's necessarily healthy, but you know, whatever. It depends, <laughs> it, it depends on what's going on there. Anyway. <laughs> but so the lamp begins to manipulate electrical devices around the house and perform seemingly impossible feats. I'm not sure how the lamp does it, but the lamp manages to unlock the parrot's cage, let the parrot out, lure the parrot to the toaster oven, and place the parrot in the toaster oven to be roasted with no one seeing it, despite the fact that they have this full-on scene of them making breakfast and stuff like okay. what what was supposed to be in the toaster oven originally well she was trying to warm it up oh she just had it like preheating she, yeah she's like i'm gonna warm up the toaster oven but like how do you not notice your colorful ass parrot laying in there yeah i'm like i'm sure the bird would have made some noise part of me thinks the bird died once before it even got in there i don't even know how It must have. It must have died in the night. I don't know. But, like, I I screamed at that part. I was like, the bird, holy shit. Did it taste like chicken? (laughs) Aww. That's like an intelligent bird, though. I don't want to eat an intelligent bird. I don't want to eat intelligent birds. I'm fine with them when they're, like, chickens. (laughs) Those are dumb and tasty. No offense, chickens. (laughs) Chicken chicken nuggies, yum. <laughs> so anyway, I just want to note that uh, they don't, never mind the fact that the grandma forgot to lock the cage. That seems to be like all they're concerned about. How are none of them like, how in the fuck did the parrot even get in the toaster? No none shit. Of, no, none of them mentioned that. At all. Yeah, everyone's just freaking out about the cage not being locked. But, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, how how do you not notice your bird in there? Especially when it's brightly colorful. Like, yeah. Not only how do you not notice it got in there, how do you not say anything about how that's the bizarrest part of all this? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Like, oh, man, did my old timers kick in? Did I forget to lock it? Oh my, that's all they cared about was like, oh, I can't believe I was so careless with the cage. Like, <laughs> never mind that. Your bird should just be flying around somewhere. Never should have been roasted in your fucking toaster. <laughs> anyway, later on, an electrician's apprentice that goes to school with Amanda helps the housekeeper move the lamp upstairs at one point, And he remarks that he can make a few bucks off it at the junkyard. Honey, you have no idea how much you could get off of that thing. You might could buy a cheap car for what you get out for that lamp. Right, <laughs> especially because it's brass. But, like, may I point out the strength that that old lady had carrying half of that like it was nothing? Yeah, right. I mean, probably because it was actually weighed like nothing. Well, yeah, but, like, it's probably you, plastic. you expect her to, like, act like it's a lot heavier than it is because she you know she's a senior lady and she asked for help and like yeah the kid looks like he's you know kind of strong but like i mean maybe she's it's like supposed to be actress. a brass lamp <laughs> you know supposed to, that thing should be real heavy <laughs> you know she's just not trying that hard love you know what i don't think anybody in this movie was trying that hard with the acting in it <laughs> mm. I would say that Patty Duke probably does best. That was the grandma? 
No, Patty Duke no. is the mother in the, the mother. Film? Um, yeah, Patty Duke is her actual name. In the at least stateside, she is a veteran actress that. Oh is, yeah. She's been well known since the '60s. She had her own show in the mid '60s called the Patty Duke Show. Oh really? Yeah, where she played like twin girls, I believe. Oh. Yeah. So. Interesting. Yeah, so she's been famous for like a really long time. But like, you know what I mean? It's one of those cheesy, scary movies. So like, the acting's kind of cheesy in it because nobody oh. takes it overly seriously. Oh, you have no idea. This isn't just a cheesy horror movie. This was a made-for-TV movie for NBC in 1989. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the budget is not huge, guys. It's not. <laughs> so that lamp was probably plastic. Oh, probably. Or foam. It could have very well have been foam. It didn't look like foam. It looked like it could have been molded plastic. But I don't know. Who knew? Who cares? It's not that important. <laughs> it's not. But anyway, later on, Amanda's trying to get something out of the drain. And the uh, apprentice guy's like, oh, you gotta be careful. This wasn't even secured. And he literally, like, tapes up the switch. And then you know as soon as he sticks his hand down there that it's gonna get mangled at the very oh, least. Oh, yeah. What What is that? Like a garbage disposal in the sink, right? Yeah, it's a garbage disposal. Yeah. I don't have one. I don't know really anybody that has one, so I could not remember what they were called. Yeah. So we have one, and, you know, it's just like some metal blades down there that chop up waste. So, yeah, his, of course... The, the tape let- just happens to fall off. No, the tape doesn't fall off. The lamp wills the switch down. <laughs> <laughs> this lamp is just like out to get everybody yeah it's demonic olivia uh so yeah obviously not only well not obviously but not only does his hand get mangled it gets clean cut off oh yeah like <laughs> yeah it's uh, a sight to behold there's blood everywhere people are screaming it's great this the whole scene goes on a little bit too long too it's i at one point i looked over at mark and i was just screaming along with them i was like it's more fun this way <laughs> yeah right <laughs> that's, why I, that's why i scream and laughter in movies because it just yeah, makes it better exactly so meanwhile while all this has been going on the priest has been trying to contact them about helen who is this at this very point actually passed away from tetanus she just died right as the priest was like about to ask her she had woken up he was going to talk to her and then she was dead that it was so dramatic so dramatic like (gasps) (gasps) yeah that gasp i was like what the fuck it's not it's not really how people die so Father Kibler is staying at Father Manfred's place, and he gets a call from the lamp. (laughs) And it makes smoke come out of the phone and, like, melts the receiver. Yeah, like, the whole thing just melts like it's chocolate. (laughs) Yeah, it's hilarious. What does it say to him? Like, don't come. Yeah, it's so cheesy. And, uh, you know, obviously he's concerned, but of course he makes plans to do exactly what it told him not to do. Fuck this lamp. I'm gonna do it anyways. It's opposite day, bud. 
Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm sorry, but I am a priest. This got out of hand. This slipped through my fingers, and I've got to protect these people from this lamp. He feels... slipped through my fingers. <laughs> it did. He didn't know that it was going to be sold off. That is he, true. And, you know, if he hadn't got him knocked out, he would have, like, purified it more or whatever. He was pretty close. Yeah. So, Nancy later calls a plumber to fix some pipes because Amanda has this terrible gross-out scene where she apparently brushes her teeth with sewage sludge. Mmm, yum. Yeah. It looks kind of like molasses coming out. It's like this thick black. Yeah. So the lamp murders the guy that comes, the plumber that comes to fix the pipes by drowning (laughs) him in sewage. That includes the apprentice's hand from earlier, by the way. It just eats it at his face. Yeah, and you know it's the kid's hand because it has a huge class ring on it. I was laughing so hard. Yeah, it was pretty (laughs) cheap. It was amazing. (laughs) So then, by the way, the lamp also makes the plumber's van leave on its own so it looks like he's left and isn't there. Is that a Tesla? Yeah, right? Elon <laughs> <laughs> Musk, is that you? <laughs> <laughs> so, while most of the family is away, Jessica becomes, like, entranced by the lamp. And it sh- uses the extension cord to strangle and murder the housekeeper, Peggy. Oh, my Lanta. Peggy's done for. She headed out for that lamp the whole time. She, she had such a wait. cute apron, though. I have a similar one, but it's got little donuts on it. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> so the police investigate, and they don't find the plumber's body or anything. They do know that he's, like, missing. And um, Father Kibler sends a telegram to Nancy uh, to try to convince her that the evil has taken possession of the house. Or no, he actually does, like, manage to get in contact with her. But before that, he sent a telegram that, uh, or a letter that just got blown mysteriously where they never saw it. Yeah, it was like <laughs> a mysterious breeze blew it behind a chair. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, so he does finally get in touch with the family, and they run back to the house. And Alice saves the day by grabbing the lamp and throwing it out of the window, shattering it on the rocky shoreline below. And the movie... I love that how chill she was during that whole thing. And then just hulked out. This senior lady just picks up this brass lamp and throws it cliffside. And I was like, what the fuck? Go, Granny, you're a badass. It's that... You won't hurt my family, mom. The mama strength. bear string. Yeah, she's like, you fucked with my house and my family for the last time. Not, <laughs> not today, Satan. Yeah, and then she hulks it out. But anyway, so the movie ends with the family thinking that their ordeal is over and that everything's fine, but they don't know that the dead plumber is still inside their house. <laughs> right? I forgot about that. He never got found. Yeah, and the camera pans to the remains of the lamp, showing that the evil has now transferred to the family's cat. No, not the kitty! I I like that the cat has some uh, 
there's some goosebump vibes with the glowing eyes. Yes, like the dog. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I loved goosebumps growing up. (laughs) But like, it's funny that it's like, oh my god, what if it was the cat the whole time? It wasn't. What if he wasn't trying to possess Jessica? The the lamp was trying to possess the cat. Well, it took him long enough. (laughs) He. The lamp glows at the very beginning, right before the bird dies, right? I, yeah, it's true. And, and he glows, and I panicked. I was like, don't you kill this cat. The cat did nothing to you. I know, don't right? Don't the baby. And then I'm the baby was fine the whole movie until the end. I was like, oh, he was the cat. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was the lamp until right at the very end. But oh, for sure. But I just like to imagine it that way. <laughs> yeah. To make me feel better. Be like, oh, my God, the cat. Oh, um, and I also think that I kind of want to ship uh, the grandma and the priest after he was kind of like eye googling her after her heroic, you know, uh, <laughs> throwing of the lamp. <laughs> why, why, Granny? Do you know what a cougar is? <laughs> why, Granny? What big eyes you have? <laughs> why, Granny? Should I maybe consider leaving the cloth? <laughs> <laughs> this is suddenly turning wow. into Your a porno. Your ankles are so beautiful. Bounce <laughs> <laughs> wow wow. Oh fuck. Uh, so that's and Amityville Four, guys. <laughs> also, Amanda kind of looks like a blonde Nancy from Stranger Things. She's got that jawline. Yeah, like they don't look a hundred percent identical, but they do have similarities. It's I like had this really. Yeah, small lips and, like, a really strong jawline. And the curly hair. And that curly hair. That's true. That is very true. Yeah. Okay, so I've got a few little behind-the-scenes facts, you know. Woo! I love fun facts. I know you do, Lev. I know you do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It took it took some convincing to get the owner that actually owns the house where everything happens in to let them film there. Yeah. Because it had been filmed, They she had let people film in her house before, and they, like, trampled her garden, apparently. In the actual Amityville house? No, the house that the grandma lives the in. The house that the grandma lived in. Yeah, in this movie. Like, the person who actually owns it did not want to let a film crew film there again, because the last people destroyed her garden, basically. Well, it looked similar to the house impractical magic even though i know it's not but it just had those vibes uh i don't know i haven't seen that movie in a (gasps) long time at least you've seen it yeah i just haven't seen it in like a really long time it's the 90s the dvd is sitting in my bedroom right now (laughs) awesome it's one of my favorite witchy movies because also like one of those feel-good witchy movies too yeah so the house also, it's supposed to be, like, filmed on the edge of a cliff, like, near an ocean bluff, but it's actually just on a hill. And then the um, shots of the seaside are just, a, like, a facade that was thrown up just for this film. <laughs> oh, oh, like a little CG or, like, a little fake beach kind of thing? Well, no, the beach is real, but that they just threw up a fake-looking house for the long shots. Oh, um. Like, just the one side for those shots. The close <laughs> shots. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not even a whole house. It's just, like, no. a quarter of a cardboard house. <laughs> That's all you needed. That's all you needed. 
Apparently, the uh, real George Lutz says that this is kind of how his belongings were sold off, or that they were just, like, sold off in a yard sale because they just left all their stuff in the quote-unquote haunted house. You know what? If I was alive, I would have been there and bought some. Sure, right? But, I mean, is that all just for them to sell the hoax, though? So, like, who cares? True. But I just would be like, hey, I have something from the Amityville house. Look, isn't it cool? Right? Yeah. I keep it in my cabinet. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) A collector's item. Yeah. So, the film was filmed by Sandor Stern. His wife, Candy Stern, was the production designer. And three of her sons, or three of his sons, rather, were involved Mark Stern was the art director. Sean Stern was a post-production assistant. And Jamie Stern played Danny. Oh. Yeah. So So it was was like like a family event, a family affair. It was the filming of this little television movie. But yeah, that's kind of all I got. You know, it was just a little hour and a half movie of the week for NBC back in 1989 that happened to be part of the Amityville franchise. Well, I definitely need a version of the lamp. (laughs) I bet you could find, like, a little toy version of it somewhere. I will make a paper mache one. You could probably find, like, a 3D printer. um... You could just have somebody 3D print me the lamp. (laughs) Well, I mean, I bet there's a blueprint for it, and somebody who has a 3D printer would do it. Probably. I do know somebody with a 3D printer. See? (laughs) <laughs> I think it wouldn't be that hard to get you that lamp. Somehow. Probably not. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that was like kind of the Christmas episode, I guess. Um, so Merry Christmas and uh have a happy new year. Happy New Year, guys, and Merry Christmas. Thanks for having me on. And, yeah, uh, would you like to plug your uh page? You're, you're, you're oh yeah so I guess because this year has just been mentally really rough on me so I haven't done as much as I wanted to uh, but for anybody that likes paranormal and true crime stuff if you check out Live Spooky on YouTube or Instagram you will find my content on there I do some ghost investigations and I post creepy pictures and stuff. It's a pretty spooky time, and I'm hoping to get everything going soon with a new podcast. So and, that would uh, be fun. I'm I'm on one of the episodes. That yes, once I get it edited, Anna will be on an episode. So <laughs> wow, that'll be fun. Yeah, so, uh, but thanks again for having me on. It was a real entertaining movie. One thing you did forget that I wanted to point out because I thought it was such a funny scene in the movie was the possessed chainsaw. Oh, I did want to mention that. (laughs) I should have mentioned that. That was so funny. So the kid, so the son at one point is just like, vroom, vroom. I mean, he's supposed to be like a teenager. I was making chainsaw noises. I was like, (laughs) yeah, he's sitting there fucking around with the chainsaw. The next thing you know, it's on and he is just sawing through shit. And the whole family is like, what are you doing? What's wrong with you? 
And the chainsaw's just fucking going all over the place. Like, meow, meow, meow. Almost takes the grandma out. It would have been really good kill if it did. It would have been. Okay, what's your favorite character? My favorite character? Yeah. A cat? It's a... Uh, or if Pepper. it's not an animal, it's Jessica the creepy kid. Creepy kid or Pepper are good choices. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick with Pepper though. Yeah, like the cat was Chef's kiss. I mean, so cute and chonky. Oh yeah. Who wouldn't pick Pepper as your favorite? Right. Okay. Worst character. The mom. I thought she was a stupid bitch. You mean the grandma or the mom? Both. They both had their moments. I think grandma was worse. At least the mom was, like, understanding and grieving her husband. True. True. The okay. grandma was pretty bad. Yeah. And she was all, yeah, she's fucking, she was, like, making fun of her grandkids, like, hair and stuff. She was like, oh, it, you're the reason all this shit's happening. You're ruining my life. She was, like, kind of rude. Yeah. It's kind of like, okay, why'd you let us come live here? But, Yeah. <laughs> So, what was your favorite kill, though? Uh, the hand in the food dispenser. Oh, that's not really a kill. I think the the guy is still alive. Kind of a kill. Like I don't know. There, there there's really not really wasn't... a lot of there's not a lot of death really. Yeah, it was definitely like the best attempted kill scene next to the chainsaw. That's attempt. fair. That's I because really I think the only kill was. The tetanus shot, wasn't it? And oh, uh, and then no, and then uh, fucking uh, oh my god, what's her face? Oh my god, the the, the housekeeper. Yeah, the housekeeper. Um, you're oh, forgetting god. my favorite kill, which was the plumber who got drowned in sewage. True. So I would say the worst kill is just the tetanus uh, gasp. <laughs> yeah, the tetanus gasp, of course. Like, what a long death. That it took a long time for the lamp to kill her. Yeah, I think it was just super dramatic and over. It was way overdone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I guess the plumber, I completely forgot about the plumber, even though we just talked about it. But yeah, I guess the plumber would be the best kill because yeah. he was surrounded by sewage and a hand. Yeah. Okay, so most what the fuck moment. The spirit moving through the wire to come <laughs> alive into the lamp. <laughs> I mean, that was hilarious, but I have to go with the, still with the fact that nobody mentioned how the parrot got in the toaster. That's, that is a good one. Like, no one, I'm still, I'm still hung up on that. We should sure. write a letter to the directors and writers and ask why they never disclosed that. Well, no, why did no character even say anything? Like, yeah, why, why did nobody question that? Insane. <laughs> Absolutely insane. Okay, um, and then, of course... Funniest moment. Oh, still that, yeah. The hand. Yeah, the The hand, hand definitely. The hand falling out was the funniest thing. Like, I was laughing. I actually had to pause the movie because I was laughing so hard. That was pretty good because it looked like a rubber hand filled with jello or something. (laughs) Plops on his face. And then, yeah, that's pretty good. And, And, like, the acting was just meant through the whole movie. I yeah. love me a good cheesy 80s movie. It's great. I love them. 
Right? I love, I love, okay, admittedly, the grandson's hair is a little, it's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> it is. Because it's like this, because it's like a high top where it's like cut on either side, but it's also slicked back. But yeah. It, but it doesn't fit the actor's face or style at all. No. Yeah. I will say, though, that they did match the mom and all three kids' eyes, like, to a I was thinking that, like, the mom has these distinctive green eyes, and all the kids have green eyes, too. Yeah, like, they matched that real good. They did. Like, I, I, I do like that when movies try to make... When they pick people that are more uh, believably related, yeah, yeah, because I feel like it just makes everything work so much better through the movie. Yeah, I totally agree. They did well on that. That's they great. Did. Yeah, yeah, I did notice that. Well, okay, I think that about covers it. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a rough episode, a rough day, technical yeah. difficulties, and everything. Yeah, and I'm getting a little hangry, I won't lie. I'm just, I'm just, I don't know, still out of it from earlier, I guess. <laughs> and that's fair, you, so yeah. Posted. Totally, absolutely. All right, guys, well, we will see you in January for a whole new year of, of possessed and or killer objects. Woo! Bye, thanks again, guys. Bye. Attack of the Killer Objects is edited, written, and produced by Anastasia Bird. That would be me. AOTKO theme was created by me as well, with free use music and clips from the following films. Killer Sofa, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, Amityville 4, The Evil Escapes, and Rubber. The outro music is They Come at Night by Shane Ivers, courtesy of SilvermanSound.com. Our website is linktree forward slash Attack of the Killer Objects. There you can find descriptions of all of our episodes as well as our merch store. We have apparel and accessories for all ages. Check it out. And if you enjoyed today's show, be sure to leave us a five-star review in the podcast app of your choice. Until next time.